All right, good morning, friends. Welcome. Glad you are here. If you have your scriptures, let's turn together to the book of Psalm chapter 96. And this morning will be a little bit different because our pastors are going to come up here in just a moment to help us celebrate what God has done in and through our church. But let's begin with God's word. Psalm 96, verse 1 through verse 4. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Church, let's take just a moment to pray together. But here's what I want you to do. There's someone on your right and there's someone on your left. I just want us to pray this simple prayer we find in Scripture. And I want you to pray it for the person around you. So if you would repeat after me, Lord, open their heart to receive your word. And now I want to invite you to pray for yourself. So Lord, open my heart that I might receive your word. And all God's people said together, amen. Amen. May it be. You know, the psalmist in verse one, he says, sing a new song. Is there a song in your life that you have identified with a special moment? I know I have one and it's Al Green's Let's Stay together, right? Anybody know this song? The great Reverend Al Green, actually. Yes, this song, when I hear this song, it it reminds me of good memories because it's tied to the day my wife and I got married, and this was our song that we sang, that we danced to. Now, if I could sing like Pastor Sherm, I would sing for you, but I'm not. But often we will tie a song to a special moment, and that's exactly what is happening with the psalmist. The psalm that you and I just read, it's tied to a special moment in God's history. You see, in 1 Chronicles, the Old Testament, chapter 16, there's a story that involves the Ark of the Covenant. Now, some of you just pictured Indiana Jones when I said Ark of the Covenant. That's what you think. Well, there actually was an ark, and it was about four feet long based on the description we find in Scripture, and about two and a half feet wide and about two feet deep. And it was made that way so that it could be mobile, so that it could travel with God's people. And it symbolized God's presence. So it was extremely important to God's people. Well, the Philistines took it from God's people. And the Ark of the Covenant went on a crazy journey. I encourage you to read about it. Just wild. But eventually... King David got it back and brought it back to Jerusalem. And so to mark this special moment that the Ark of the Covenant is back in Jerusalem, back with God's people, in 1 Chronicles 16, there is a song that David says to sing. And in that song, we find also included in that song, Psalm 96. Psalm 96. And today, this song is fitting for us. As we take a few moments to look back to see what God did in and through our church and in and through us, we want to celebrate him. And if today was an award show, he would get every single award. Amen? He would. He would. And so this this psalm, you'll see that it's directing the, the people, they're telling, their celebration is directed to the Lord. And we want to do the same as well. 
So look at verse 1 back with me. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord bless his name. Now, as I was studying, I I kept reading and I noticed, I thought, I'm going to look up at this word sing for just a moment. And I found two things I want to pass on to you, especially for those of us who don't feel like we have a good voice. And when it's time for us to sing in corporate worship, we we kind of sing below our breath and we don't sing. The word sing is a command. Regardless of your ability, regardless of my ability, when we read the word sing here, it's a command, meaning we all must do it. So when we gather on Sundays, let us sing. Let us sing. It's a command. We are to sing to the Lord. And that word also sing is plural. So it's not just the worship team singing. It is all of us. So you got to sing. You got to sing. And you notice he repeats, sing, sing, sing. That's this this overwhelming excitement. And one of the things I enjoy doing on Sundays is I love walking down the preschool hallway and seeing our preschoolers and our elementary age kiddos. I love kiddos. And a lot of times they will have a stuffed animal or a toy. And I like to get down on their level and I like to ask them about that toy or that stuffed animal. And they get all excited and sometimes they talk fast and they keep talking. And and that's the idea. This psalmist is overwhelmed with excitement for the Lord. And so he says, sing people, sing people, sing people. And so just as these, just as a little child is overwhelmed with the excitement because of their toy, their stuffed animal, as the people of God, we must, like the psalmist, be overwhelmed and sing. And notice where it's directed to the Lord. Upward, vertical. We are to sing to the Lord. But then the psalmist changes directions. You see the direction? Look with me at verse 3. Tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. So there is sing to the Lord, now it's among the people. It was vertical, now it's horizontal. It was upward, and now it is outward. Their telling, their celebration of what God has done is directed now among the people. And we see this throughout scripture over and over and over again. There is a telling, there's a celebration of God's people that is directed to the crowd. It is among us. And we see one of these examples in Psalm 78 verse 4. We will not conceal them from their children, but we will tell, we will share with the generation to come, the praises of the Lord. With God's people, there is a telling, there's a celebration that is directed upward, but there is a telling, there's a celebration of what God has done that is also outward, that is also outward. We see another example in the New Testament. When the Apostle Paul is writing to this church about their worship gatherings and how they should worship, he writes about the Lord's Supper, which we participate every month. And notice what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. Paul says, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. And he goes on and says, here's what I want you to know, what Christ has done for you. There is a telling, there is a celebration that should be directed to God, but there's also a telling and a celebration that should be directed to God among his people And this is what I would call a Godward life. In Psalm 19, the people are called to a Godward life, a life that is directed towards God, 
a life that directs praise to him, and a life that praises him among the people, a Godward life. And as a church, we want to be a Godward church, a church that tells and celebrates what he's done. And we want to do that now. We want to take a moment to practice this psalm. And so we want to tell among God's people of the wondrous things he's done in and through us in 2022. So I'm going to invite our pastors to come on up. And as they're coming up, can we show them some appreciation? I know that would bless them. All right, come on, fellas. I think we got a couple of mics. Last time I had the short chair, and so they changed it so I could actually be up a little bit. And then someone said, you need to sit up straight. So I'm trying to do that as well. But hey, thank you guys for um, being up here and uh, just sharing and, and helping to practice this psalm to declare what God has done among the peoples. And so, Brother Joel, man, you help in our area of worship. And when we talk about worship, we talk about living a life that is totally surrendered to God. And man, one of the things that we celebrate is baptisms. Absolutely. So we um, had 52 baptisms last year, which is, it's something to celebrate. It's a declaration of your faith. And um, the Lord is transforming lives in our church. And so I, I have a really cool job because I get a front row seat to see baptisms. But also just, by the way, I just want to say y'all sound so good when you sing. Even when microphones go out, you guys keep us going. And that's because we're singing together. So I was just, I just did want to say that we, uh, our church sings so well. And so, but on top of baptisms, that's something really exciting. And I, I've been looking forward to seeing the Lord do more of that this year. I just want to say, I'm so thankful for our worship team. We have over 60 people now serving in our worship team between AV. Can we give our AV people a round of applause? There's a lot of slides, a lot of uh, songs that we sing a lot of light cues and stuff, turning like making sure that they're always here early and so and they're always leaving late. And so I just wanna and and when stuff messes up, what does everybody do? <laughs> it's their fault. <laughs> when it's really probably the worship pastor's fault. So just blame me. But I'm so thankful like, man, Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, just send an email. Yeah. J Carpenter at Trinity Bible dot com. Um I, I just wanted to give a shout out to our team. Yeah. Every single week, there is a sacrifice to serving on our worship team, to coming here, practicing the songs, um, and, and getting up and singing week in and week out. And the thing that I've really enjoyed seeing is just the relationship build between our team. And also our team is growing. In fact, the three singers that were up here today, Callie, Kelsey, and Sharon, they all joined our worship team within the last six months. In fact, this is Sharon's first week singing. so. Uh, I am just loving this, seeing seeing our worshipers and the talent come and share their gifts with the church. So it's very, very cool. Something to celebrate. Yeah. And we've even seen the, the, the worship leaders amongst our student ministry grow as well. And so that's been exciting to watch. Mark, and speaking of students, man, we have lots that have said yes to serving in our children's and student ministry. Yeah, to pull off uh, children's ministry and student ministry, we have 82 volunteers that run uh, kids ministry on a Wednesday or uh, a Sunday. And it takes an army to pull all that off. And that's really important to what we do. Because if it wasn't for them, your kids would all be in this room and you wouldn't be completely focused on what's happening here, right? And so and also for student ministry, we have 78 adult volunteers that come up here on a Wednesday. 
or on a Sunday, but most of those are on a Wednesday that lead small groups for our students. And the cool thing about all of that is with those student volunteers is I would say probably at least 15 to 20 don't have kids in the student ministry. So those are just adults that have said yes. And I know that we're talking about numbers and some of you are like the numbers, but all of those numbers represent an adult that has been obedient to what God has called them to do to step in and serve. And I, I see stories with those n numbers. Uh, example, I think I saw uh, Randy Mitchell. Uh, she comes in and leads an eighth grade girls group along with uh, Jeanette Jackson and Christina. Um, and they're memorizing scripture in the hallway. So they'll call out one of the girls and the girls will recite their memory verse and then they'll go back into the room. I think of our kids team that they've had some leaders that have been sharing Jesus with the same age group for kindergarten for the last 20 years. And so it's really just important to see that consistency and see the stories behind all of those that are sharing Jesus and pushing students to take their next spiritual step. Man, thanks for sharing, brother. Appreciate that. And I wanted to share too, just thinking about leaders. Um, we, we've got um, a staff member, uh, we got two staff members that do this, but we have one that joined our team that um, is actually a volunteer. So she started out kind of serving in kind of an administrative role with women's and men's. And over this past year, one of the wins I saw is just a lot of um, just leadership gifting. Has, has She had this and it's come out. We've seen this in, in motion. Um, she's actually here, so I'm, I'm gonna point her out. It's Dana Moore and she's over here. Um, yes, she served so faithfully and she stepped into our women's ministry director role this past year and done such a just good job of, of leading our women's ministry. So thank you, Dana, for how you're doing that and pouring out and just loving and leading so well. Um, and that's a big win for our church, to, um, for her in, in that role um, and just for her to be able to use that gifting with our women. How many of you have been, know Dana, have been uh, touched by her in some way? Would you just raise a hand? Okay, tons of hands all over the room. Um, yeah, we just love Dana. We've also got Harold Wells on our staff team, who's a volunteer as well. He leads our prime timers ministry with our senior adults, um, does a fantastic job. He was here last service, so I can't call him out this one. But yeah, just a huge win for our church, just to see people using their gifting to serve Jesus in that way. Yeah, it's fantastic. Love you, Dana. Sure. And speaking of volunteers, so Trinity Bible Church has always been and probably will always be a great and a generous church when it comes to outreach and missions. So all the time we have these 40 partners and that's always been kind of oversaw or overseen by our one team. And last year we took the local part of our outreach and separated it into a brand new team. So that meant now we have uh, 10 new volunteer leaders who, are, who have the bandwidth and the energy to focus on what's going on right here in Parker County and in Tarrant County as well. I mean, we're living in one of the fastest growing areas. So our ministries that we support, plus the opportunities we have to be in our community, uh, these guys in this leadership team, which some of them here in this audience are prepared to, how does Trinity engage our community? So uh, that's one. Uh, number two, uh, we have an organization we partner with called International Students Incorporated, ISI. Uh, one of our elders, James Fraley and his wife Paige, are actually part of ISI at Weatherford College. And what ISI does is it engages international students on university campuses. So last year they decided to, one of the people, one of the couples in our uh, church, uh, Larry Fuller has the Fuller Ranch. 
So they decided to make a Tejas Day. All the international students think Texans live it up. So we invited them out to this ranch and they set up all these activities and everything. And Larry was disappointed because he thought he had 260 people who were going to build fence for him. But they had great time. I mean, they had a great time doing some events and fishing and calf roping and doing things like that. But the coolest part of it was they got them all under a tent for lunch and they had a dynamic speaker come and share the gospel with 260 international students, some who have never heard of Jesus. So it was a great kingdom day. We had members of Trinity Bible Church out serving in all those different places. So it was a great kingdom day, I think, for uh, Trinity Bible Church and the kingdom of God and international students. And then the last one, you know, uh, through the pandemic and all the things that happened there, we haven't done mission trips in a couple of years. So last year we did two mission trips, one to Africa, uh, me and one of my teammates went uh, visited two of our partners in Uganda and South Sudan. And then through Far Corners, we had some people from here go to India. And they were at a children's home, which there's a lot of work going on there, bro. Man, this is exciting, exciting stuff. The Lord put it on our heart last year to be a generous church. And y'all, with God's leading, we were a generous church last year. So uh, when we heard of our children's home in India... Uh, that they were sending our orphans to the public school in India, which in India it's a Hindu-based educational system. And when we learned that, we decided to give them money to build a school on their campus so our children could be educated in a biblical worldview with a Christian foundation. And when you all heard that story, you got super excited and generous. And together we gave $135,000 to our mission in India so they could build a school. Matter of fact, just this morning, I talked to a couple who just got back and they're now working on the second floor of it. So super exciting times for our greater gift last year. And what we did with that greater gift last Christmas is we took half of it, gave it to India, and we took the other half and put it towards our mortgage. Because it, and I believe it was in January of 2021, the land next to us became available and we bought as much as we could afford, which was four acres. It cost us $1.2 million for four acres on the highway. Uh, and so we, uh, we bought it, but we had to borrow some money. We put 20% down, we borrowed some money. Well, the good news was last year, because of your generosity, we paid it off. And like a year and three months, we paid off $1.2 million. So we're debt free. Well, thanks, Pastor Sherm, because I know that was important to you. So appreciate that, man. Yeah, man. yeah. So Chris, tell us, man, we've talked a lot about outreach. Our church has always been generous when it comes to giving away resources and to helping others all over really the planet. But how, how are we ministering to and how have we seen our own church family grow? Yeah, just as Scott talked about, and as you probably know, man, Parker County is growing like crazy. Um, and now there there's always some some challenges with that, like I-20, like I'm just trying to get to Home Depot, people. It should not be taking me an hour and a half to do this. But um, so there's some challenges with that. But there's some really great opportunities. And so one of the things is we as a, a staff and as a church, man, we want to be good stewards of the people who, and God are bringing through the front doors of our church. And so we want to steward that well. And we want to make sure that, man, we are making a place for them. And man, they, they are, they're plugging in here and using their gifts here at TBC if this is where God has called them. So last year we had 86 new members who joined our church. Um, that's just incredible thing that the fact that they came here and said, you know what, this is our place, this is our home, we wanna invest here. And so that's really, really exciting. So we're just, we're excited to see what God is doing and the people that are coming to our church and who are walking through the doors of our church. 
Um, and so a part of that, one of the things that we identified last year was coming up next year, um, actually starting next week, we want to start a new class called Explore. And so that's just something that if you, during this service and during the 11 o'clock service, if you're here, you're visiting, you just want to come and listen. You don't have to register, just show up, come and hear a little bit more about our church, um, learn a little bit about us and how we do ministry. Um, no commitment, come here, see you later. Um, and we would love, we're going to start that next week and we'll continue to do membership as we've done. But we just want to be, like I said, a good steward of the people who are, who are coming here, who are looking. Um, and we just want to be a really hospitable and welcoming place. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, brother. You know, as, as we talk about new members, uh, our student ministry and kids ministry have seen this growth too. And I think it's some changes that have been made and also like Chris said, Parker County is just growing and it does take an hour and a half to get to Home Depot. And I live three miles from Home Depot. So what happens is our kids ministry, we went from 117 uh, kiddos to begin 2022. And now we're about 147. And so those kids represents uh, kids that are um, hearing about Jesus and experiencing Jesus and seeing uh, adults love on them. Um, and helping them for baptism or accepting Jesus and helping parents. Our student ministry has seen growth as well. And so we've had 99 students that have come for the first time and they've gone through a four-step process, whether it's getting a t-shirt, uh, whether it's getting a text from their small group leader or a text from Josh or myself, or a letter about what TBC is all about. And so we've had 99 students that have completed that first through fourth process. We've gone from 146 students to begin the year and uh, we just closed last year at 2000 or 201 was our average. And so, which basically means we don't fit in the student ministry building anymore. And so on a Wednesday night, this room is filled with students. And so last week, um, I know it's 2023, but we had 183 students that were in this room last week. So between all next gen ministries, we had over 300 students birth through college students that were on this campus. And so that's important because what I see is I see examples of kids serving at Kids Blast, um, pouring in, uh, Jesus into younger kids. I see students that went to camp and camp started off as a complete disaster this year or last year. It was miserable and all the leaders would agree. But we had students that at that week were saying, hey, I'm feeling called to missions. I don't think um, that I meant what I said when I accepted Jesus and I need to rededicate my life. I need to get back on the right track. And that was the first time since I've been here in five years that we've probably had 10 students that made decisions like that and that we're continuing to help them and help them pursue Jesus and figure out what that next spiritual step is for them. And so when we talk about numbers, I know it's numbers, but those numbers represent someone that can make a huge difference in someone else's life and that we can point them towards Jesus. Man, our TSM and TKM, and I, I just think about all the new students that God has brought, man, so thankful, so appreciate Mark. And I know many of you have been blessed by that because your student or your child is engaged. And so thanks, brother. And, and speaking of just families, Brother Steve, why don't you tell us a little bit, give us some wins regarding our, our families and what God is doing to, 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 for those who have come that God has brought. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as we think about... Um, just everything going on. One of the things that's important at Trinity is we want to invest in all the marriages of everyone at Trinity. And, and I know y'all do too. As spouses, as husbands, wives, we can all grow in our marriages, right? 
And I know some of y'all have been um, in a hard place in recent years, even before that. And, and some of our pastors up here have walked alongside you, and they continue to be uh, ready to just jump in and walk alongside and help during the tough times. But also, we, we want to be proactive to, to grow our marriages. As you think, as you think about your, your own marriage, well, how do you grow? Well, you go get tools and resources you need. Like if you need to uh, do some home improvement, you go to Home Depot, right? At this point, I'd like to share that this sermon has been brought to you by Home Depot. Just kidding. Just kidding. <sighs> yeah, sorry. I couldn't resist that one. He owes me 100 bucks for saying that. Home Depot so that was, that was the deal. Uh, but no, but really, when we think about marriages, you need the tools um, to, to grow in marriage. And that's where we can encourage each other. This year, we had a, just a great um, opportunity to gather together for a marriage conference. And um, this one was a little different. We had some of our staff share. We had some of our church mm -hmm. members share. And just a, a really good time to be equipped, have conversations, and we'll spend that time together. So just as a church, we celebrate that. 183 people at the marriage conference, just to give you kind of perspective of the people in this room investing in their marriages. Um, many of you were there, too. So thank you for being there. Another win just want to share with you, too, um, our PDO ministry. That stands for Parents Day Out. Um, that's our ministry to families. Uh, some families are from our church, but many of them are from our community. And we do this on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, just It's not just child care, but also biblical education for kids that are in that preschool age. Um, we hired Amanda Long, a PDO director, this past summer. She came in, did a fantastic job. We hired a lot of teachers, doing a fantastic job working with those kiddos. So it's a great opportunity um, just to pour into um, those families, too. So those are just a few questions. Yeah. And then just to continue that, maybe some of you... You don't know this, but in, in this hour, we have our adult Bible studies that meet over at the school, and we've seen, Chris, a growing interest amongst, the, amongst our Bible, uh, Bible studies as well for our adults. Yeah, so one of the things that we really wanted to do last year was really want to kind of platform those and really emphasize those, one from the stage, and then we just said some other things where we, we held a breakfast, and we welcomed those who were interested, and so we've kind of done some things that really want to put those in, in front of the body to make sure, because you know, we all would agree more people in God's word is a good thing. And so we, I, actually I was just walking up here and one of our adult Bible study leaders texted me that we has 41 people in his classroom <laughs> this morning. So I don't know if it's, you've been in a fifth grade classroom in a while, um, but 41, it's not built for 41 adults. Uh, neither are those desks. So, because um, I can kind of get in them, but it's real hard getting out of those things. So, um, but I mean, we're just, we've seen some really growth in adult Bible studies. Um, just like, like Eric said, they meet during this hour. Um, and it's just a great opportunity to get around with God's people and to get into God's word and just sharpen each other and to grow in, in the knowledge of, of scripture um, is an incredible thing, not yeah. just for us personally, but for us collectively as well as a yeah. church. So that's just an exciting thing. Thanks, brother. I mean, we could go on and on and we probably all could show, share personal stories. We could talk about our men's ministry and we, I mean, we could, we could keep going, but as we've kind of talked, we really want to highlight our volunteers and that that or servants because that's what you are and so we we want to take just a minute to to highlight you and to say thank you for what you have done and one of the highlights of the year that involved our servants was our volunteer appreciation night so Stephen just take a little bit share about that yeah man first of all for those of you that are serving so many ways in the church thank you Thank you for your heart because you are making a difference in the lives of others. So thank you for all different ways that you do that. We put on volunteer appreciation night just as a 
really just a fun night to appreciate y'all. Like how often do you get the chance to come to church and not do anything, right? Like that's just fun to come and just to be loved on, to spend that time, just fellowship one another. We had a special program and all that too. Uh, but man, it was just a really fun time. Uh, this room, we set up tables, we had 257. So it was pretty packed just to give you perspective on what that looked like. Man, uh, just a great evening. Um, great feedback afterwards too. Um, huge props to all of our staff who came together to make that happen. Um, a lot of work, but our staff did a great job. We had a few volunteers kind of sneak in too. We tried to keep the volunteers away from helping plan it, but they snuck in too. So a few of them just, so props to y'all as well. Just thank you for all your hard work to make that happen. Um, yeah. And again, just reiterating, thank you for the difference that you make in TBC, both inside these walls and outside these walls as your servant Jesus. That's right. As volunteers and servants, you're the lifeblood of what we're able to do for our community and even globally as well. And, you know, the Bible says that, that we're to help raise up God's people to do the work of ministry. And so, man, thank you for your service to so many individuals, whether it's a, a child, a teenager, adult, whether it's, you know, helping at, at Center of Hope or, or going to India. So, man, can we just praise you guys and thank God for you and for what you have done, right? Yeah. And thank you, brothers, for uh, sharing. And these gentlemen will be in our Connection Center. Maybe you have questions about how you can say yes to serving or how you can help in one of these areas. They would be more than willing to answer any questions, questions you may have when we wrap up here in just a few moments. But thank you guys again. Appreciate you sharing. I want to take a minute to go back to Psalm 96 and just share a couple of other things with you as we wrap up our time together. And so go back there with me. And I noticed... I noticed two, two interesting things that I want to share with you. And you see the first one at the end of verse 2. Sing to the Lord, bless his name, proclaim the good news of his salvation from, what does your scripture say? Day to day. Every day, you and I, as people of God, we should be telling and directing our celebration to him. And every day, we should direct our celebration to him among one another. But then it goes on, and look with me at verse 3. Because it's not just every day, but it's tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. It's also everywhere. And so we're to proclaim what God has done every day, but we're to do it everywhere. Israel, this is what they did. They sang a new song, and they told among the peoples what God has done. There was this upward and this outward that they practiced, and we want to do the same. We want to be a people. We want to be a church that directs our celebration to him, and then we want to be a church that celebrates him among the people. See, God called Israel so that they would declare what he has done for them. And God has saved us so that we would share. And we find this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen. Would you say chosen? And say it like you mean it. Say it like you mean it. But you are a chosen people. A royal. Say royal. royal. Priesthood. A holy. Say holy. holy. Nation. A people for God's own possession so that we would be silent, so that we would be able to pat ourselves on the back? Oh no, he's not called us out so that we would be silent, 
or to prop ourselves up. No, he has called us so that we, the verse says, may proclaim, so that we would advertise, so that we would tell out the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We are to be a people that have been called out to proclaim his excellence, to share what he has done. And so can I ask you a personal question as we begin to wrap up? Do you as an individual, and as a family, do you take time, do you prioritize telling and sharing what God has done in your life personally? Just as our pastors shared what God has done in and through our church, do you take time personally as an individual, as, as a couple, as a family, do you take time to think deeply about what God has done in your life so that you can proclaim the excellencies of him who's called you out of darkness into light? And maybe it, it's hard for you to think about what God has done for you. Maybe this year you, you've been in the middle of a storm, maybe financially or with your family or at work, and you, you've been in the storm and and. And then you're just paddling like crazy. You're just, you're just trying to stay afloat through the storm. And Jesus shows up beside you. That's what he's done. Or maybe some of you for 2022, it's felt like you're standing in front of this great sea and the enemy's breathing down your neck and there's nowhere to go. But, but God parted the water and provided a way for you in 2022. That's what he's done for us. So if you've thought deeply about what he's done for you. Now, again, I don't know where you are, how you came into the room with what habit or hurt you're carrying. And so you may say, man, Eric, I can't think of one thing that God has done for me this year. I'm just being honest that that's where I am today. Well, we just read that God has done one thing for all of us. And that is that he's called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So there is at least one thing each and every one of us can do this morning. And that is we can tell how he has saved us. How he pulled us out of the miry pit. How he reached out his hand to rescue us. How he saved us. How he called us out of darkness and into light. And so friends, church family, I want to give you this challenge. I want to invite you to give serious thought to think deeply about something God's done for you this year. And I want to encourage you to share that. And here's how. You can text the word celebrate to the church number. And all we're going to ask for you is your name and just to share something, maybe short and sweet, what God has done. We've already had a few that are beginning to share and to celebrate what he's done. And we want to continue this. And so would you, we invite you to practice Psalm 196, to think deeply about what he's done and to share that. Because we want to be a Godward church. A God, we want to be a, a church that directs our celebration to him. And we want to be a church that celebrates him among our people. So I want to challenge you with that. What has he done for you? What has he done for you? Would you please stand with me as we sing a song that we've already sung this morning. And the words are simple and you would be able to sing along with us. But it's what he's done. So would you please bow your heads with me wherever you are. 
And maybe even now, as you're standing there, as you're sitting there, as your head is bowed, as your eyes are closed, as you're, as you're processing, maybe you can even begin to say, God, help me. What have you done for me this year? Begin to think deeply so that you can proclaim what he's done, so that you can tell, so that you can share all that he's done. So our great God and loving Father, we thank you for this psalm. We thank you for your scriptures, how it guides us and how it leads us. And so we just want to practice it this morning. We want to sing to the Lord. We want to sing to the Lord a new song. We want to sing of his praises. We want to proclaim his salvation and what, he, what you have done for us. We want to be a, a people that, that, that declare all the things that you have done for us, what you've saved us from and what you've called us to. And so, Father, help us to do that. Help your spirit, even this moment, to help us to give serious thought how you've moved and how you've worked in our lives, how you've provided a way, how you've come alongside of us, how that we're able to stand here because of what you've done. So help us. Father, for the one among us who is discouraged, who is weighted down by the cares and worries of this world, would you remind them of what you've done for them in Jesus Christ and how they can experience freedom and forgiveness in Jesus Christ and him alone. And so, Father, would you please accept this song as a, an offering of praise, as an offering of thanksgiving for what you've done in and through our church, in and through this faith community, but also what you've done for us as families and as individuals. And so, Father, we thank you, and we look forward to what you are going to do in the days and weeks ahead. And we pray this in the great name of our King Jesus. And everybody said together, amen.